I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time, we're not just giving you one Retro Ramble. We're reviewing two films. Ain't that right, partner? Two for the price of one. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? It's bad boys one and two. So you could kind of think it was a yeah, buy one, get one free January sale type vibe. Why are we doing this now, George? Because the, the long-awaited... Bad Boys for Life, Bad Boys 3 is upon us. Yeah, so we are jumping on the bandwagon and we, you know, we love this. We love these films. We had so much fun with them when we were teenagers. They are a lot of fun. And so we would jump on any excuse to go back for some more Bayhem. And technically, as this is now 2020, Bad Boys 1 will be 25 years old. So, yeah, well, quarter why, of a century. Why didn't we just say that was the reason we were doing it as well? No, it's more about Bad Boys for Life, yo. Okay, yo. Yo, yo, yo. So, uh, we're going to be going to all the usual places. We, uh, As it's two films, we probably are going to keep the production chat focused on the first film, like what brought us this franchise, uh, as I guess the production of the second film was, let's do another one. Let's make some more money. <laughs> Soulless cash grab. Uh, so, we're going to be going through what we remember, our highlights, how we think they they both stand up today because there was an eight-year gap between the two, wasn't there? Long, long gap for for usual Hollywood shenanigans. So we're trying to fill in, you know, how we felt when the second film came out, and there'll be the usual coulda, woulda, shoulda, suspicious spin-offs. You know what to expect. But if you don't, here's George with a quick word on housekeeping. So we are film lovers. Uh, we are not uh, film professionals. Uh, however, we do strive for authenticity, and we're trying to provide facts where where possible. So we aim to entertain, but yeah, to give you a bit of a background on how these films came to be um, we're going back we're going to be going into these films in detail so there will be spoilers from the very off there also may be some casual swearing and definitely some bad impressions I, I think the the sort of disclaimer you need to put about this film is that we love bad boys the first film meant a lot to me and we rushed to see the second when it came out well, I mean, we've we've talked about Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson films before. They're a key part of, you know, they're they've produced some great action blockbusters of the eighties and nineties. But and, they are silly. But they are they are R- silly. they are ridiculously but, silly. But but very enjoyable. So, I mean, it does, you know, it fits into the the retro ramble canon, you know, being a Simpson Bruckheimer production. But uh, yeah, it's a our second Michael Bay uh, film or films that we're, we're covering because we did The Rock a few years ago, didn't we? Yeah. Michael Bay didn't do um, Con Air, but Brookheimer and Simpson did, right? Yes. Or yes. just maybe so, yeah, Brookheimer we, we, by yeah. that stage. So, so it's another Brookheimer. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's just worth pointing out that we are going to... I mean, we're going to try and make this entertaining. We're, we've picked all the bits that we think are hilarious today, and a lot of them, we found them funny when we saw it the first time. But these these criticisms come from a place of love. It's all I'd like to say, just in case anyone's yeah, like, as you, a, guys, you guys were, were too cruel to bad boys. Yeah, as a disclaimer, yeah, we, we do... We're, we're going back into these films in detail, and, yeah, there is going to be some criticism but as, as Charlie says it comes from an affectionate good place and we hope it's fair and we hope you agree and if you don't everything can't be a loving yeah exactly exactly so we are jumping through time we're starting in 995 we're going to 2003 so you know we're obviously recording this on mini disc it's, it's a great format I can't say it enough times I can't see it going I can't see it ever being superseded by anything mm. so you were there were so many other films out this year it, it was a crazy year for films We've got the first Toy Story film. There's Braveheart. There's Apollo 13. There was Seven. Golden Eye. Batman Forever. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Highest grossing film. Um, Ace Ventura 2. I think. So Jim Carrey was kind of exploding the scene. Sandra Bullock was. She was kind of a big deal. And then there's While You Were Sleeping. Congo. <laughs> we need to cover Congo at some point. It's ridiculous. Oh, yes. Um, we had 12 Monkeys. So, so more Bruce. But just, I think... Waterworld. Oh, my God. We, we, we could go on. But the fact is, I, I remember actually watching this on video. And I think the reason I watched this on video was... 
not because I didn't like this sort of film. I think it was because there were so many other things you were going to see at the cinema that, that it was natural that, that you missed this. You couldn't see everything else that was out when Bad Boys was out. I definitely saw it on video because of my age. I was, was 12 at the time and try as I might, I didn't get into 15s around then or it was very difficult to. So yes, I definitely watched this on video as well, most likely from Blockbuster. So it's time to jump in our time machine, cover these two films in as best way possible. And so here it is, Bad Boys 1 and 2. Enjoy the show. Enjoy. Detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. That's too much bass in your voice. That scared white folks. You gotta sound like them. We were wondering if we can borrow a cup of brown sugar. On the Miami Police Force. I'll be back. You, you, something wrong with you. They don't follow the rules. You, you ain't with the bad guys now. You with, you with the cops. They make them. Just get the dope back and do it quietly. Boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gotta do when they come for you? Bad boy. You know, you drive almost slow enough to drive Miss Daisy. So, George. How do we get this wonderful franchise? How do we get more Michael Bay? Because was this his first big hit? Yeah, so there is going to be a little bit of repetition because obviously we talked about Michael Bay's beginnings on our The Rock episode. So The Rock is his second film, but this is his first feature film. So as I say, on that episode, I did go into his background, but Michael Bay's background was like Tony Scott was in commercials and music videos. And I think Tony Scott is a bit of a, well, not a, a mentor, but he's definitely been influenced by Tony Scott's style. It's very flashy. It's very quick cut. And Michael Bay definitely has cultivated his own style. But back then, yeah, I say he was known for commercials and and music videos. Most famous uh, music video was Meat Loaf, I'll Do Anything for Love. But I won't do that. But I won't do that in brackets. So, but the origins of this film go back a bit further than Michael Bay's. He he wasn't. He sort of came into it quite late in the day. So, um, as we've touched on in the intro, it's a Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer production. So, explosions, big, big you know Hollywood <laughs> production. You know these the, these are the guys that did you know that made Tom Cruise a star with Top Gun. Days of Thunder, Beverly Hills Cop, and they've obviously gone on to do other, you know, later films that we talked about. I think Crimson Tide came out the same year, 95, Con Air, Armageddon. Um, Imagine if they all came out in the same year. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jerry Bruckheimer is uh, still producing. Don Simpson uh, sadly uh, passed away in 95, I think, 96 maybe. Yeah. So Don Simpson actually bought this, uh, bought the script, then known as the less catchy Bulletproof Hearts in 19. 19- 1986. Wow. So he bought this off a a then-fledging screenwriter called George Gallo, who wrote um, cult sort of 80s action film Midnight Run, which is a great film. But so I think this was before Midnight Run had become a hit. And his script, the original script, was was still focused on that mistaken identity. And it was two New York detectives. One was a womanizer, one a family man, who have to trade places to bust a major heroin ring so pretty much the same sort of basic story of of bad boys it was pitched as a 48 hours type comedy laugh laugh gunshot explained uh, george gallo but this is the interesting part it was originally set to star dana carvey aka garth from wayne's world give me the flashlight russell give me the flashlight russell um and john lovitz um who he i recognize the name but john lovitz is the uh he's from saturday night live dumpy uh Jewish guy. He's in a few Adam Sandler films. Th- I'm starting to get a better idea. Yeah. You know, he talks a bit like that, John Lovett. Yeah. Um, he's in. Do you remember Wedding Singer when? Yeah. He's 
he's the rival wedding singer and he's a really sleazy guy he's like and I need you now tonight yeah, yeah. I no, need you now no, no he's doing the um, single ladies um, but yeah he's you'll, you'll know who he is right. um, so yeah that was that was it they were attached to it for quite some time and apparently Dana Carvey was attached to play the, the womanizing uh, character that would eventually be Mac Lowry yeah. uh, and John Lovitz was going to be the Jewish nebbish uh, fan family man character and apparently this was um, around the time this was sort of 92 93 so obviously dana carvey was big off the back of wayne's world and was in a sort of bit of a power play and a little bit he wanted he kept saying the script wasn't good enough and kept sending it back he wasn't particularly happy with the the womanizing role and it eventually sort of fell apart and it was kind of sort of put on ice because he went of made wayne's world too yeah exactly and well to be fair dana carvey's career never re- movie career never really took off outside of the Wayne's World films, no. whereas Mike Myers did. But that's a different retro ramble, I'm sure. Uh, that was its initial iteration. And apparently, well, uh, according to the internet, that Don Simpson arranged a trip for the actors and him to go to Las Vegas to celebrate their up and coming <laughs> project. And Dana Carvey was so horrified by Don Simpson's uh, behavior on this this weekend that he pulled from the project. But that's, uh, I say, that's what I've discovered off the uh, the internet so take that how you will yes listeners. so um so yeah michael bay was actually attached where uh, to the um to the script i found an, an la times article that talked about you know the, all the script issues with dana carvey and john lovitz and michael bay's name came up um amusingly his name spelt wrong it's spelled b-e-y instead of B-A-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how much of a sort of a nobody he was back then. So yeah, it's, it, this is his uh, directorial feature film debut and he was 28 at the time and paid a measly 100 grand for, for his services. But he said that the studio had their concerns, but both Jerry and Don completely believed in him. So he said he had the producers on their side, but the studio was a little bit hesitant to put this trust in the well, y- young. young new director. The the thing that surprises me uh, looking at the production is the the budget. It's it, the budget was, I mean, I think Michael Bay says on the commentary that it was nine, but looking elsewhere, it's closer to nineteen. But that's still in. in if we you know we, we're talking about the average. Uh, blockbuster is costing around 200 million these days i mean i know that's inflation but still 20 million is quite small change for a a hollywood blockbuster isn't it yeah but i think that goes to show then to michael bay's credit every penny spent is shown on screen and he even says that from his sort of music video uh commercial background he knew how to cut corners and the a lot of the edits in the film the quick edits are to hide like cheap looking sets and things like that so it's a bit like the and again i think it's probably someone that he looks up to and was inspired by but it's a bit like the james cameron terminator thing it's almost like they are very good at making something look brilliant with not a lot of money yeah and that's it like there's all these like little tips and tricks so one of the iconic shots in both the bad boys films is things flying over that miami sign and that's a replica sign that that sign's only like three foot three foot uh <laughs> Love it. tall and everyone was like all the the art team and like well why are you making such a big thing of that and he's like trust me this shot is going to look amazing so i think it's safe to say yeah he knows how to get he, a good shot he, he knows know- how to get there and he obviously he has this i mean something i've i've seen from his work and it's in all of his films it's very much a calling card and i'm, I'm not talking about women in scanty clad outfits it's uh the magic hour shooting at sunset or, or so Sunset, yeah, sunset or sunrise. Yeah. I mean, it's it's permanent sun, sunrise or sunset in his films. Everything looks, and I say that I think that's something that was kind of started with Tony Scott. That whole sort of well, top, top Gun, Top Gun aesthetic. But Michael Bay really ramps it up and really has made it, as you say, his his calling card. But yeah, interestingly, he admits on his on his commentary for, for Bad Boys One, he says, despite endless rewrites it was never a great script he said he he completely acknowledges it's not a great script it's full of plot holes which i'm sure we'll pick up on but he said 
it was uh, the film was basically elevated by its two charismatic leading actors and he said he actually encouraged Lawrence and and Smith to improvise uh, wherever which possible which they clearly did which they clearly did and which they would go on to uh, in the second one but we'll, we're sort of running before we can we'll, we'll get to that uh, again another sort of money uh, cost saving exercise the, the Porsche 911 in the film is Michael Bay's own Oh wow! So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that he's. So I'd he say, didn't get paid any money for Porsche for describing it as the fastest production car on the road. Probably not. I mean, obviously he'd he'd been doing well enough off his um, you know music videos and commercials to afford that lovely Porsche 911. Yeah, yeah. So he he says also he says in the commentary that they he incorporated real life police stories. So that opening heist with the decoy body yes no no, no, no sorry <laughs> i'm talking about the drug heist oh you're talking about the no that <laughs> the first that, opening no scene. but apparently that's based on uh real life stories of carjackings that they use a, a hot, hot girl hot piece of life she walks past the car and then they get robbed yeah barely barely wearing a skirt yeah. more, more like a belt all right so now you're talking about the decoy cop yes so yeah but they yeah they took different elements from real life police stories and that whole drug heist through the air vents that's based on a, a true story as well i know we're sort of we're not going to go into detail um is that the bit where we start thinking hang on is this the rock yes yes exactly well that's what i was thinking i was getting really confused when i was watching this i was like did the rock come first or was this rock because they're so similar it's the same uh, guy on um uh, scoring duties uh, Mark Mancina who uh, we also talked about for speed the very uh, dramatic bombastic speed bum, 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 bum. And there is a lot of that in this there's yeah. a lot of baba I mean and you know it's, it's kind of typical of that Bruckheimer uh, blockbuster but it's yeah it's so reminiscent of the rock or i thought or the music say, was awesome or should i say the rock is so reminiscent of this because i think the rock came after this yeah. the rock did a year later yeah there, there is that in the rock you've got that opening heist to get the well they're all the, very similar the, the, rain the, it's rain blue light steam there yeah the, quick in and out i mean it's um yeah michael basically says um you know to make it more exciting he came up with that whole uh the, the you know the trolley system thing where they're yeah. like firing up and down the tunnel it's completely over the top but it's it's really exciting look i've used it in many heists it works well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah just to quickly uh, go back to the carjacking scene that the film opens on apparently that was added in um as a reshoot because they said they needed to establish the, t- you know, the relationship the, between the, the, the banter between the two yeah and what's, what else is coming in the film <laughs> there's going to be a lot more of this but if, if you don't lag back and forth between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith you'll you, should pro- you should probably leave now you'll hate this film um, I mean there's so much slow-mo um, I, I think this this film does like many I think we might have talked about this in The Rock is how long would this film be if everything was how what, much time would we lose no I think we talked about that in Mission Impossible 2 with John Woo's style if, if you if it played at normal speed I think the film only f- the film would be half an hour long yeah because in this just to jump around a little bit but in the second one there's a bit where Will Smith goes to console Martin Lawrence in the conference room and Will Smith moving across the room he's jogging and it's in slow-mo and you're like why oh. why did that need to be in slow-mo he's going from he's going from one conference room to another conference room engage slow-mo There is so many moments in the first Bad Boys that does does remind you this is the guy that did the the bad out of her, um, I'll do anything for love video. There's lots of blue light coming through shutters, yeah, lots of dried ice, and again, it's something that Michael Bay, um, you know, I, I hats off to him, puts his hands up and says, "Yeah, I realise um, I overdid it. I was still learning my ways, um, and sometimes it was just you know too it was too over stylized." And there's I think there's even a line that um, Martin Lawrence says when he's going into Will Smith's, uh, you know, luxury pad. And he's like, oh, I must have left some incense on because it's so smoky in the room. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's because he's got the lovely light coming in. Yeah, so it's... Um, I, I think... I mean, what, what what strikes me, I mean, I obviously have uh, my first memories of this film, you know, as a teenager, there were so many other films. Cinema was great. It was a great time, late 90s for us in terms of uh, going out of the cinema and enjoying these popcorn friendly romps, action and all that. But I, I remember watching this and just thinking it's got a cool soundtrack. 
it looks cool and it's great action. It's just now when you look back and just and, say... And well, let's think about this. this is Will Smith's first big movie. You know, this is before Independence Day. I remember watching, you know, Fresh Prince and stuff like that. Um, so obviously they, you come to that like, oh yeah, the, you know, Will, Will Smith's in a big movie and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a Bruckheimer film and because yeah, they were a great label to attach to a film like oh it's going to be you know a good a good action film and we've we've talked about obviously michael bay and uh, the music guy will smith and martin lawrence but we should give a mention to the other actors so we've got joey pants in bad boys one i love the way he's introduced you don't see him you just hear him screaming down the phone yeah so joe pantoliano um who we've talked about before in matrix and goonies yeah um he's a great character actor and he's yeah he's brilliant in this in the sopranos uh, I, I haven't seen the sopranos but let's move on but we've we've talked about in uh, in our last episode uh, lethal weapon about the you know the angry police chief stereotype and yes again he's he is does yeah, a better I, job than the guy in Lethal Weapon but time had passed yeah he's the angry police chief but he's brilliant at it he's so good at just like losing the plot and just getting so aggravated by by his two uh, detectives uh, Martin Lawrence Mike Lowry and Marcus yeah I don't know his surname doesn't matter not Mike Lowry Matt Lowry and you've got a good villain. We've got uh, Checky Cario, who is uh, who had a bit of a year because obviously he was in Goldeneye as well um, as as the Russian minister. But he's a brilliant French actor. He's still going. He's uh, my um, my wife said, oh, it's it's the guy from um, Baptiste. And I was like, is is he is he a bad guy? He's usually a bad guy. She's like, no, he's actually a good guy. I was like, oh, well, I'm surprised. But he's yeah, he he's done very well in uh, Western cinema though. He's jumped well, jumped the pond. Well, yeah, he's, he's been in as you mentioned, he's been in quite a few Luc Besson films yeah. uh, I think he started off in Nikita but he, I remember being a very hammy bad guy in that Jet Li Kiss of the Dragon is it I'm not sure if I've seen that one you and I have watched that together I think okay it's why pretty, can't I remember it George? It's, it's, it's when <laughs> stop trying to make Jet Li happen <laughs> I mean in American films he's a very talented martial artist but he's not very good in, in American films yeah Romeo Must Die Romeo Must Die I yeah. enjoyed that from the producers of The Matrix yeah, but of course and I, and the lovely T. Leone I, I think I had a bit of a crush on T. Leone when who I was, didn't she's lovely yeah she's lovely but I think to tie this back to our last episode this has a lot to thank Lethal Weapon for because this was kind of a take a, well, a 90s take on the buddy cop classic wasn't well, it? I have I have put down in my notes it's Lethal Weapon meets 48 Hours meets Tango and Cash wow because uh, Mike, it's all of the things from all of those no things. no but Mike Lowry is is the trust fundee he's you know yeah. you've got all this money why are you still a cop yeah and I was okay, just okay so was that's just, from Tango and Cash and I was just like that's that's Stallone from Tango and Cash yeah. but the yeah Angry you, Captain from Lethal Weapon the buddy cop from Lethal Weapon yeah you've got Martin Lawrence as a family man yeah. and Will Smith as the loner but he's not a a crazy loner he's not yeah. crazy who's crazy the, crazy wasn't being banded about as no. much as it was in the late 80s so yes it, yeah it is wearing all those genre tropes on its on its sleeve but obviously yeah it's with great success it works and I think it was the first time that you're having um, you know obviously you'd had Beverly Hills Cop um, as, as a template as well but that partnership of two black guys bickering and bantering was was fre- was a fresh idea yeah, I think that's probably brings us to a good time to talk about the bants between Smith and Lawrence because I don't know how you feel about about that. I I feel like I don't know what to say because because of his history, because of Will Smith coming from Fresh Prince of Bella and him being the comedy vehicle in that, and in this he's the straight guy. It's strange, you know. You you, you can tell that he's had some influence on it, and he does have he has a lot more to do in the second film, which I think we'll do. It's probably going to be easier. We'll we'll cover that once we've finished talking about what's great about the first one. Yeah, they they definitely uh, they've got a good chemistry, and yeah, as as we've said, you know, Michael Bay obviously encouraged them to play it up, and that that bickering banter. I think yeah, Martin Lawrence is a. Nat- natural improviser so i think yeah he more so than probably will smith i'm i'll be honest i'll hold my hands up and say i'm not the biggest martin lawrence fan i think it's safe to say we're both not massive fans of his. i'm not i'm not massive considering he's made quite a few films or quite a few straight to video films he's had he's had an, an illustrious uh career you might say if you're a big fan but it's a bit he's, he has a, a very sort of narrow style of comedy doesn't he i think i think that's it but the the fact is i you know in both films there's moments where i'm laughing at him and i can't there's, that's the thing but i, I would I find him 50-50 I feel like 50% of his of his stuff works and 50% of it just doesn't great yeah 
it's, it's great so and that's why you have this weird feeling it's like oh, couldn't it have worked better with someone else it's like no it, he's he's the bad boy they've got the relationship they're the brothers you know they're yeah. two brothers I mean I think outside of these two films and the other film you and I were chatting about that film he did with Eddie Murphy Life yeah I, I could leave all his other films. The I one he did with Tim Robbins is good. Blue, is that Blue Streak? No, that's nothing to lose. Blue Streak's, uh, I think Luke Wilson's in that. No, but the one he did with uh, Tim Robbins, I thought was okay. It's okay. Yeah. Pretty forgettable. I haven't, I can't remember what happened. Exactly. So yeah, the back and forth between them two is good. The way that they get out of tough situations, they start fighting, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of that in Bad Boys for Life. Maybe they'll do something different. Yeah, I mean, there's... Um, yeah, I say there's there's lots of bickering and bantering and, and, you know, sometimes it works. And I do, a lot of the comedy does come out of that, you know, role reversal, random women appearing at, you know. It, um, <laughs> I love the bit where, again, it's clearly improv and I think you know, Michael Bay talks about how he pushed T. Leone to keep asking questions about, you know, why um, suggest that his um, is he gay because yeah. of all the pictures of Will Smith yeah <laughs> that's a nice bit of comedy it's yeah. a great bit of comedy but then you sort of like if you lived alone would you just have pictures of yourself everywhere I think that's what stands out today going back because when when you watch the first thing like this is a funny joke but the that is a lot of photos of yourself just by yourself yeah if you're alone it's like look at me and over here yeah that's that, me that's as well. me as, as well I mean yeah, it's, it's funny we've talked about there's only a year between this and The Rock, but this to me feels a lot more dated, a lot more a product of the 90s than, than The Rock does. In what Ma- way, George? Mainly the wardrobe choices. Oh, Will, the wardrobe. Will Smith looks like he's just walked off a Color Me Bad video. And how many waistcoats does Martin Lawrence own? Martin Lawrence has an amazing array of gilets <laughs> or vests, as they say in America. Okay. And yes, and, and even T. Leone's uh, 90s getup as well. So there's, yeah, lots of... goth? There's lots of shoulder pads. There's lots of big oversized blazers. There's a, an amazing... Some great double-breasted suits double-breasted suits there's an amazing 90s club scene the type of club you only see in films yeah that are club hell everyone's wearing bondage because that happens bondage beautiful women lots of sort of (laughs) george's mouthing all sex to me i i wasn't doing that i was i was just going over my mic it's fine but yeah there is yeah there's other things that I've dated a, a little bit there's I say there's a bit of homophobia there's some kind oh, of just a little bit a little bit of homophobia <laughs> a little bit of misogyny a little bit of, a lot of misogyny a little bit and, of stereotyping and yeah some good uh, casual racism with the freeze mother bitches <laughs> um, so yeah I blow you <laughs> I blow you I blow you too so yes there are things that have haven't dated uh, as well but you know the things it does get right I say we've talked about you know this put Michael Bay on the map because you know he shows how to, he can direct an action scene and especially on a good, on a very tight budget about that yeah I mean all, all I'd like to say because obviously we'll I'm sure you'll cover it when we get to talk about the second film the reason for the hiatus was due to his success but looking back he carved himself such a niche making this film he went that he went back and and made the the second but we didn't get I don't know it just it just worked oh, no, really if, well I mean if, he got obviously we're going to talk about all the films that he's got and that he's done and what was good and what was bad about them but well, that's just, it, you know love him or hate him he did he, a great job with he, this he did a great job with this and he has the man has a style he he is you know it's instantly everything is awesome everything <laughs> yeah everything is awesome and it is instantly identifiable as a Michael Bay film as we've, we've talked about you know he makes Miami look amazing and I think he makes um, Speed look like a Michael Bay film <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or uh, was that Jean, Jean de Bond Jean de Bond yeah Jean de Bond but um no, I think it was something that you and I were talking about earlier is that, again, it sort of ties into that small town England escapism. I don't think I'd really seen... Miami. Oh, Miami. Oh, well, that's another influence we've completely missed, Miami Vice. Obviously, that's a huge influence on this. Yeah. The original. I, I don't really remember the TV show. I think you have a better memory of yeah, it. Yeah, so it's Miami Vice. Take 48 hours, <laughs> sprinkle in some lethal weapon tango. and cover in tango and cash. Just mainly tango. things it doesn't get so well is there's some some very clunky exposition we've talked about the there's plot holes all it's over ether. the place <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna explode it's, it's, it's gonna explode why for reasons yeah um, it looks 
cool because it looks cool it doesn't make any sense and my favorite bit is the the bit where or well, it's getting into sort of third act territory but checky cario and his goons turn up at will smith's place to to kill the witness um and they've got they've got the chance to kill her but that's hilarious but what do they do they kidnap her no, no, but yeah, yeah. No, but they, they come to kill it, but yet they kidnap it. And then he calls the police and he's like, I'm only going to let it go once I've done this drug deal at the airport. So he tells them where he is. Yeah. Or I think they track his phone, but it's just like, you just kidnapped her to keep the plot going. <laughs> For reasons. For, For reasons. reasons. No, I because I think that's the plot hole that sticks out. It's like, why didn't you just shoot her and run away? The other thing that's ridiculous is, I think it's probably the slow-mo. But like when you watch that scene now, it's like everyone's in the lobby because there's uh, yeah. my, uh, Marcus turns up with his wife and he's there chasing... Um, Tia Leone's character I, I forget her name just now um, Julie Julie he's chasing her and then they arrive then the bad guys I think the bad guys have got the bad guys haven't got the bad guys have got their guns out pointing yeah. at them and then in slow-mo they all turn Will Smith and Marcus they turn around pulling out their guns yep and in that time, the bad guys still haven't shot them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it looks it really looks weird. And more slow mo. You've got um, apparently the shot that Will Smith claims that made 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 him a star, where he's running down the street, well, shirt open, open. Yeah. in slow mo, panting. Yeah, he, he said like because originally Mike, Michael Bay was like, I think you should do it topless. He's like, No, no. I'll do it with a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, but open. Let's yeah. meet halfway. And uh, also reminiscent of Lethal Weapon. Running down the street where he showed up. Yes, yes, a very good point. Thanks, I, that's, I, like, I like to add some, some uh, trivia, Charlie trivia, every uh, now I've, and again. I've got in my notes, is it too much to ask someone to kill Martin Lawrence? Um, I, I don't know if I mean that in, in life or in the film. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to work out at what point this was. Were you thinking they, they, it, there was not enough room in that Porsche? It was like, why doesn't someone just shoot Martin Lawrence and then Julie and Will can drive off into the sunset? Or maybe. I, th- I think it's, yeah, maybe it's just the... That's the, cruel, George. I know, I know. I'm, maybe I just found the, the shtick. Maybe it is that whole sort of the back and forth he has with the other annoying characters, at the, the lobby guys at Chet. The, the lobby guy yeah um, the yeah, Harry I, Brothers yeah I just um, I think uh, yeah I think that just did my head in a little bit another sort of thing that's reminiscent of The Rock you've got a annoying Weasley henchman yeah the, the guys you want to see die. the guy who we used to joke around and say it's Tom Cruise Tom Cruise wearing a moustache yeah and uh, he, uh, he and I, t- I think he, I told you I said it's definitely Tom Cruise he comes like, out with that, that brilliant line when uh, Chicky Curry goes uh, don't don't you like it when a woman makes an effort and he goes yeah I hate it when a bitch lets us off slide <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's the guy like when's he gonna die when? and he's the guy that gets the again like the rock the proper sort of triumphant death he's the one that gets blown through the, the airplane I think yeah 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 with the you fuck Got your board and path. Was that lifted from Passenger Fifty Seven? Uh, no, I think well, obviously the one. It, Which it, one came out beforehand? I think Passenger Fifty Seven is before this. I'm pretty sure it is because I think that's his. That's his. That's his last pun of the film. Oh, uh, okay. No, well, there's always the, the the line I only remember from Passenger Fifty Seven is, "You're betting, man, always oh, bet on black." <laughs> um. <laughs> can't wait till we do that that's another one for the list wesley wesley what you don't what you trying to it's called liz hurley and wesley it's true but uh, have you seen it recently no why dated it's it's not as good as you remember no no it's just because you loved him kicking ass but yeah it's probably a very low well, budget there's better wesley films out okay there. so we are getting towards I, the end of the first film i mean i think you're keen to do uh those you were like oh yeah all these films you know there was uh terminal velocity and drop zone and, and other <laughs> charlie had a thing for skydiving and other skydiving heist movies <laughs> um maybe we could do that as a double we, is we, there anything else you want to say about bad boys or i mean that's the no film. I, I mean i think it's safe to say this film you know, made Michael Bay one of the b- biggest directors in the, in Hollywood and made Will Smith a star absolutely and kept Martin Lawrence in work <laughs> you're so cruel um, well no he's, he's done it you know he did Big Mama's House Blue Street well let's, and- let's, let's, let's talk about that so after this film we, let's explain this hiatus so we had well that's I think eight that's years it, basically both we'll, these, these two careers Two of these three careers. <laughs> two of these three. I mean, Martin Lawrence was busy. I'm sure he would have moved <laughs> stuff around if they could have done it earlier. Um, but yeah, so if you look at Will Smith's career, so he did this, and then a year later, Independence Day. Men in Black. Men in Black. Enemy of the State, another Brookheimer production. Great film. Yeah. One of his last, v- isn't v- it? Very much ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, lots of mini discs in that film. <laughs> um, and 
then he would go and do more serious stuff, Ali. So yeah, and, and the same with Michael Bay. So he did obviously this, The Rock, Armageddon, and Pearl Harbor sucked. <laughs> Why didn't you just train a bunch of astronauts to drill? Shut up, shut up, Ben. So yeah, they were they were both very busy. And yes, I say Martin Lawrence. You know, he was he was keeping himself busy with some sort of you know smaller budget comedies where he's a fast talking guy where there's just more glorious martin lawrence but unfortunately i think i think martin lawrence struggles not to have will smith to look down at him you know i think it, i just i think it kind of it's it's a lot to say what was the original title of this film something hearts Bullet, bulletproof hearts i mean that is that is a running theme throughout both films and i'm sure they'll revisit again is the is the bond i love you man i love you man i mean almost cousins man but it's 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 handled well i yeah. think you have to especially in this film it's um we I think it's something they play up more in the sequel is the you know we've we've been together for you know fr- from high school well let's type thing. let's let's get to uh let's let's get, let's get let's, into luckily the, let's unfortunately we're getting rid of the mini discs i'm yeah. afraid we're switching to dvds we're, we're, we're getting uh, getting it through limewire it's just gonna on a dial-up it's gonna take forever So, yes, so 2003's uh, Bad Boys 2. Martin uh, Lawrence is back. George is happy about that. Will Smith is back. Um, so, Checky Cairo wasn't available, but they did manage to find another villain just as villainy. Well, let's let's start with the comparison. Uh, I think from very much the, f- the opening credits, it's clear this film has a much, much bigger budget. Can you, do you want to guess? So Bad Boys 1, 19 million. Oh, no, we're talking 100, I would say, for this. 130. It's so clear all the way through, like, everything's higher level. Like, yes, I mean, Mike Lowry's Porsche has been upgraded to a Ferrari. One of my favourite Ferraris. Though, again, Michael Bay's own. Oh, right. And, so it shows and, how he's and, getting the money in. And used in all, all the stunt scenes. Yeah. So that whole bit, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, that's Michael Bay's own car. But that's what it's my. I think it's my one of my favorite. I think it's the three six eight. It's one of the three sixties. It's uh, a beautiful. It's five fifty Maranello. Apparently. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. It's pretty good that I'll never be able to afford one. So. <laughs> I want that one. I want the three six eight. This isn't the one out of Bad Boys. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, as you say, like. It, uh, the opening is like something out of Call of Duty. It's like a live action Call of Duty. You've got a Henry Rollins. You've got everyone in the like the wet weather, the night vision goggles. Yeah, um, big budget, massive. Yeah, basically everything, helicopters, boats, everything. And so many helicopters. I know it's tracking. Um, it's like a tracking shot of it's across countries because it's tracking uh, ecstasy, also known as the really infu- X. Yeah, he's dealing in X. I think that's what they call it in the US. Bloody Americans. Um, <laughs> just call it ecstasy. Call it what it is. Um, so yeah, this is um, very much a a case of of sequelitis. It is let's go bigger, better, and longer. I think uh, to this date, Bad Boys One is Michael Bay's shortest film. I think it just shy of two hours. Every other Michael Bay film, I think, is on average is about two and a half hours. Long. I'm putting a lot of that down at slow mo. A lot of oh, it's just oh yeah, it's just a, baggy. A, I think every one of his films, yeah, since then, you could you could easily trim out a good half hour. Yeah. So you, we've got the tension, we've got the stakes, but, but, we've got the police but, thing, and then we've got comedy. But we've got lots of comedy. A lot of it doesn't work again that's might just be me might i think they do try and they like you know what worked in the the last film are, are bickering let's let's dial out and then there's some scenes where you could just like oh let's just get get rid of that scene there's, well, there's, there's I no think, need for it i think there's i have uh, there's much more 
I think I, I I really much enjoyed the ride of watching uh, Bad Boys Two uh, when it was when it came out, but I did feel like watching it again recently. I was like, oh, gee, that wasn't needed. Yes, that 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 scene works. That's that that scene of banter works. That improvised scene doesn't work. And in the end, I kind of walked away from it thinking the good bits are good, and there's so much that could be taken out. But interestingly, you said you know about uh, sort of the, you know we were in the age of of DVD then. I, I don't have much uh, as fond memories of this film or any memories of this film because I think you and I at the time were just watching key scenes. We were watching the act. We were like, you know, skip to the, the, the car loader scene, you know, yeah. um, skip to the action scene. I can remember definitely doing that with this. And I think of the, of, of the similar time was, I think Swordfish was around the same, early, yeah. early noughties and and Lord of the Rings. It was like, oh, let's let's watch this scene. Well, that's what, and we were, yeah, we were loving the, the, it. We the were... lobby scene from the Matrix. I mean, you know, th- if you think about it, it was pre YouTube because yeah. so that was it. it was like, oh, I haven't got you know, can't be asked to watch a whole film. Let's just watch some. Cool we bits. stick on a bits. Which yeah. which bits? Yeah. Oh yeah, skip, skip to the car loading scene. And still me, to this day, it's it's a brilliant. It is. Yeah, that, that for me, this is the highlight of Bad Boys Two. What should we talk about? Is because I I always get mixed up because I think I've got a headache from the camera rotating so so, so much. basic basic premise is yeah, it's all about the trafficking of uh, ecstasy pills. Um, bought, from those Asians but bought by Russians so you've got the really hammy uh, Peter Stormare you know who I'm talking about you know the guy that's always he's in John Wick he's the guy from Fargo he's in he's in everything even turned up in Downton Abbey as a love interest for Maggie Smith no no, no I'm, that's that's the other Russian guy you think uh, you know? Dimitri yeah, you no, are not Dimitri no, no it's not Dimitri from, from MI2 no Peter Stormare is um you know the guy from he, he's in loads of stuff he's in um minority report you know the i put him out oh yeah yeah no no he's he's a i i always get mixed up with uh, Pag, pagliano or something there's another anthony pagliano yeah, uh, yeah so yeah, but yeah. no he's a great actor yeah but yeah he's really hamming it up as this Ro- russian mob boss mm-hmm. you've got uh, other stereotype i think jordi Moller, the guy playing the cuban uh, he's he's also a drug dealer in blow with johnny depp yeah and night and day i think he's the bad guy in that he's a south american uh, dictator or something or um he's very stereotypical that the, the, the villain in this but so martin lawrence's sister is undercover dea agent and then they for the for some reason they throw in some again more racial stereotypes some nasty haitians into nasty the mix Asian. i think they're just they're cannon fodder but it, it works no but i mean i just want to talk about because you've got this this scene i think it start it starts with this scene in a building and i think don't they escape and that becomes the car chase no i think the the scene you're talking about where the camera's spinning around two rooms yeah is after the car chase okay, okay. i think I f- so i forget but I, ha- I am slightly dizzy at this point but yes, the the the, car, the whole premise of the car chase with yeah, is it what are we calling it a truckloader car car carrier? What are we what are we calling it? Um, I don't know the technical t- insert technical term. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's along the freeway in in Miami, and um, I was watching the behind the scenes on this, and they spent weeks at a on a like a runway in a like a disused uh, runway, practicing like chucking off real cars just to see how they fell, and they copying pra- it, yeah. copying it, and they had, and I remember you saying to me, oh, I, you know, you can see it. They've put in CG cars. It's it's all real. They've basically they created this reinforced camera car that's basically like a roll cage covered in cameras and they had the cars rolling over the top of this uh, camera car wow and it's 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 phenomenal and i think that's it it's like how close the camera gets to these cars rolling over them i mean there, there might have been a little bit of cgi to to clean you know, out the edges but it's there's there's one bit where a car like clips they, they it goes uh, they, they've tested it loads of times and it reacts differently but they, they keep it in shot no i think no the point what I think I was trying to make about is because there's so much physical work, the only thing you can notice in that scene are the things that they've slightly touched up. And what it, ironically, um, it makes it more impressive because there's there's a few cuts of the Ferrari swerving. I think it's it's the boat bit. It's the boat bit. It's yeah. the bit with the boat. And I think it's because up until then, you're in it, you're in it like, wow. And it's like, oh, God, how cool would it be to watch that scene in 40X? Amazing. <laughs> it would be. It would be crazy. Uh, I mean, ro- this is the roller coaster ride of the film that uh, Nuts magazine would have been talking about at the time. Ironically enough, again, it's something that paved the way for, for Michael Bay's other films. You think about, obviously, 
Transformers, freeway, big, you know. Oh, my uh, eyes. Uh, explosions. Um, my eyes hurt. Can I see some boobs, please? Yeah. Or at least some cleavage, please, Michael. Uh, the the island, you know, it's something that he has almost made his own. You know, again, it's it's, it's, it's his thing. That is the thing in The Rock, isn't it? I think I think you, if you look back at The Rock now, because there's not too much rotating camera in the first Bad Boys film, but there is a lot of Alcatraz. Whoa, yeah. going round again. Yeah. We're gonna let's get another shot of that. I mean, you could admit the the car carrier scene does go on for a little bit. Car transport does go on for a bit too long, but that's Michael Bay. I think he just clearly doesn't know when to stop. And by this point, he's obviously. I mean, he's a confident man anyway. But yeah. you know, after you know all those hits under his belt, he's gonna be like, well, "I'm Michael Bay. I do what I want." And yeah, as you say, that whole headache-inducing thing where the camera's spinning around uh, the room. You've got Haitians on one side and Will Smith and Martin Lawrence on the other, and the camera keeps spinning. It's like, okay, maybe do it once or twice. It's a cool trick. but to It's keep, for the entire scene. Yeah. And to make matters worse they're bickering yeah <laughs> so it's like i mean it, ah, i mean it, i mean no it's, it's it's a good scene it's and, it's it's fun and it's something that's referenced and parodied in um hot fuzz you know he's like he talks oh we're gonna watch bad boys too and they sh- they show that scene where the camera's panning around them how many times does it go around i mean it's 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 more than three times like if yeah. you did it once because the first time it's like did the audience get it yeah let's do it again and then three would be the limit but it's 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 on and on and anyway it's so we're not um, the first people to make fun of this so there's there's that really impressive car chase but wait there's more more explosions because there's another car chase and it seems like there's all this these big action scenes and then there's no sort of conclusion like oh the bad guys get away it's yeah. like after all this sort of tension and drama and stakes oh no they've got away but don't worry we'll we'll go back and look for some more evidence there's some sort of convoluted plot point about transporting the drugs in coffins and the drug dealer owns a, mort- a, mort- a mortuary. Well, uh, you were telling me there's plot points in, in Bad Boys 1, but there is so much in this film that's just, is, is, as I said before, is is unnecessary. The stuff but that, wait, the DEA, DEA were in it all this time? Yeah, it's, it's the things that... The, uh, FP, I'm a fed. I'm DEA. Yeah. It's like, okay, how many... How many organizations can we get involved but you're right that um that whole thing does finish because it's all about what we forget to mention in the car chase is you've got this car loader that's what i'm going to call it carlo uh, car um that but they're actually chasing sid it, sid it, and that's it's uh the love interest for will is actually Margaret's my sister yeah. it's Mar- Mark's sister and she's in front she's in but, but, somehow miraculously escapes and then at the end what, no the I, thing the thing that doesn't make sense is there's car transporter with loads of cars on okay admittedly it's getting lighter because they're throwing all the cars off is keeping up with this uh, no it's know, outrunning a, a ferrari uh, and and it's uh chasing uh, catching up with a, a dea suv so it's completely implausible but yeah this other car chase that happens later that's less successful and it's got bodies for it's just a bit bad taste they're running over all these bodies and heads are popping off and stuff yeah. and it's just unnecessary and again it just doesn't really but we, go, anyth- go anywhere but we did say I can remember when we were watching this film is that um, we we had also you know what, what would happen could, could that a car loader be used well in a film and Michael Bay had obviously thought the same thing because in the 80s we've all seen a car do a jump off a car loader with no cars in yeah um at least in in um, Live and Let Die and then many other uh, but we ne- we haven't seen what happens if the car start coming off yeah and that's what Michael Bay did And then uh, we've got the third act that goes on forever. So they go to they go to storm the the bad guy's mansion. Peter Stormare it turns up. This is in Cuba. No, no, this is in there's America. More. Wait, there's more. <laughs> they go to storm his mansion, and they ki- and then he kidnaps sid yeah and then they go to cuba for reasons it's like why not just finish it at that mansion in the u i don't understand why it continues i i'm glad you brought this up because there is i i like to be honest with you after all the, the rotations you know and this i don't know I, this this film is not as good as the first i really enjoy going back to bad boys one yeah and very very reminiscent very very nostalgia put by a lot of happy feelings but this one was just like oh my god it's turned up to 11 it's such I, I a looked, case of excess it's so much excess but i mean i enjoyed the car but you have that 
And it is that thing, um, you know, in modern day things, you know, we've seen some great films recently that are full on action, like Alita. And it's like, you are tired. You know, yeah. after a big scene, you're tired. And there is so much in this film thrown in with so many different genre tropes. And then there's the the rotating camera that when it comes to the showdown in the mansion, I'm like, oh, right, okay. It's the end. And they're like, what? Yeah. They got Sid. We're going to Cuba. <laughs> and then it just, yeah, it becomes so implausible. It's like, oh, um, the official stance is we don't negotiate with, you know, drugs. Hostage you're allowed to go though but you're allowed to go and all these people are like oh yeah we've got your back buddy so who's paying for they, they, they fly over like this crack squad George, team George, with all these weapons George it's completely explained because the, the squad as they because Will Smith runs over from conference room A to conference room B yeah, in slow motion in slow-mo. Um, and then the guy with the long the, all the badasses they're all in their body armor and they're all bulked up and they're I think you know it looks like they're auditioning for no for pain and gain or something. Yeah. Um, they all storm. It's like, we got your back. We take care of our own. It's like, what is it the guy says? It's ridiculous. It's like, you look like you're about to do something to get into trouble. I'm in. I'm in. I'm sorry. It just, just reminds me so much of the recent Rick and Morty episode. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> no, but it is, it is sort of like like these guys just, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a brother. I've got a brother in Cuba, so don't worry about the flights. And, and yeah. I don't worry about passports and, and, either. And, Cuban and, authorities. So we don't. sort of like, oh, they're. Everything's sorted. Let's we've go. We've got a safe house opposite the drug dealer's mansion, and we've got some guys digging a tunnel. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> why Why are they digging a tunnel? And it's sort of like, and then they, they, they sort of. Landmine. <laughs> they dig a tunnel and then all of a sudden they just fire rocket launchers at the at the mansion. I'm like, okay, this is happening. And it's like, hang on, it's turned into commando. It is. It is that. It's like, what's going on? What's like, what, what's going on? And so, yeah, it's turned into like it has the explosions. Like things are exploding. I'm, and there's there's beautiful women by a pool. Things are exploding. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. You know, like if you, I mean, obviously, I, everyone knows I, I play a lot of games, but it's like you, you're playing Uncharted and there's the there's the stealthy stealthy approach yeah. and then there's the use the bazooka use the bazooka blow everything up but uh, yeah everything my sister's in there use the bazooka use, use the bazooka <laughs> and it's just like it's it's hilarious I mean um, apparently there's they filmed uh, it was a derelict house of a nearly completed and vacant mansion in Florida so the the owner basically Mar-a-Lago <laughs> the new owner advertised it in Variety uh, for a, a, a movie company to blow up basically saying I've got this I've bought this house I need to I need it flattened but so if you want to destroy a house for a film <gasps> What a great idea. Let, let's do it. And apparently by the end of filming, only the swimming pool was left. It was completely leveled. Wow. And it's like, Michael Bay must have been so happy about that. Real physical explosion. And then, and then we drive a Humvee through it. Why? Because it looks cool. <laughs> and and then they drive through a shanty town. So they, again, in the special features on the, on the DVD, they built this shanty town, replica shanty town on the side of a cliff somewhere. Um, For a reason. And for reasons, and just to drive through it. And it's just like, okay, yeah, it looks good, but is it really needed? So, Michael, another, Michael this isn't a music video. <laughs> a th- I think that that's the third car chase in this yeah. film. And then, as you say, turns up at Guantanamo Bay in a minefield for reasons. Yeah, because that's what happens. There is, I love the, uh, sorry, just to skip back for a second, you know, because we've got to talk about the, the positive things in this film. The, the bit where they are, uh, it's. I think it's about halfway through the film with the the his daughters dating this guy. What's he called? Reggie. Re- what, that scene. I'm sorry. Is when the comedy works, and I think a lot of it is is Will Smith. What do you want, nigga? I'm here to take his daughter out. What's your name? Reggie. Well, no, I heard a motherfucker say your name, Reggie. You want you taking Megan out? Yes, How old is you? Fifteen. Shit, nigga, you at least thirty. This is my. Can you fight? Yeah. You can fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, you moving, motherfucker. You can't even fight. Look at Mike, you. Look. Mike. No, I want to know if the nigga. Somebody gonna take my niece out. I want to know if the nigga can fight. Somebody might come say something. The nigga can't fight. She can't go. This is Megan's godfather, okay? He just got out the joint. Why you putting all my business in the street? Why you putting all them? I just got out of jail and I ain't going back. Can I shock you? What? I really enjoyed that scene as well. It still stands up to date. I, I, I genuinely lolled. I laughed out loud when I was watching it. And I I would suggest that it was probably... I mean, I, 
I haven't got a chance to check. I haven't checked this and I'm not, I doubt you would know, but I reckon this was filmed early on and they're like, that's gold. Keep doing it. Yeah. I well, just, no, as I, you, as I you say, they, all of the good jokes were probably done early on and then they just got carried away. No, but as you said, it's seeing Will Smith act up on it. Yeah. He's and not he's playing the straight line. When he starts putting the lazy eye and he's like, and he's waving his gun around. And he's got the bottle of uh, whiskey or something, <laughs> yeah. or a bottle of, uh, you know, brandy or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that scene's brilliant. Um, but yeah, there's other scenes like the whole bit where they're, they're acting... That's the thing that is just like in the first one, they're, they're drugs sort of and they're, they're narcotics. Undercover. And they're, they're narcotics agents. In this one, they do everything. They plant the bugs. They, they, they you know, they've got different disguises. And it's just yeah. like, what, what's going on? <laughs> the budget. We've got to know, what are we going to spend all this money on? Because yeah. I, I think that that is a thing. So we're talking about 110 obviously years have passed. But like, arguably, allowing for inflation, probably two thirds more. Yeah. If not, at least half more money um, and yeah I think it's like well we'll just do the same thing but we're going to go bigger we're going to have more ammo more cast more explosions more more set more locations okay uh, calm down one thing I noticed uh, that's different in this um, our good friend uh, Mark Mancina he's, he's, he's gone he's left he left over creative differences they got rid of him on the soundtrack but I noticed in the credits and it makes sense as you uh, as the film goes on Dr. Dre and Sean Puffy Coombs are musical supervisors and it's very much lots of Dr. Dre beats. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I like the soundtrack in both yeah. films. I think it's cool. It's good R&B. And it's, everyone loves the, uh, you know, the gangster rap of that time was, was, was banging, you know, was banging. Um, I'll just, I'll just take my, take my bandana off. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Martin Lawrence is wearing a bandana at the end and it looks ridiculous. He's Sorry. N- he's not wearing a gilet though. They're, they're both wearing bandanas. But, but Will Smith Will Smith can pull it off um, but yeah I think that if you compare the two yeah I say it is a typical case of sequelitis of let's do everything that worked in the first one but do it for longer and bigger whereas the first one showed what a great talented you know action director visual uh, director Michael Bay is this one typifies everything wrong with Michael Bay films. They're bloated, they're baggy, they're excessive. It, it is definitely a hive it's... mind that we share because I was going to say the exact same thing. I was going to say the first film shows you everything amazing about Michael Bay early on in his career yeah. and this sh- this kind of shines a light on, yes, there's still a lot of that but there's a lot of excess. There's a lot There's a lot of what, what can be to Michael Bay. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think like he just needs somebody over his shoulder saying, eh, just rein in a bit, just pull it, pull it back. But I mean, he does have like, there are and I think it's safe to say you look at all of his films and there are amazing sequences in in you know, like you know the Transformers films well you know. the, the, I mean I was uh, I was going to bring it up anyway but yeah we both agree and, and that was such you know obviously I, I played with Transformers as a child it was, I was it was I was of the age it was the mm. 80s and that was so much wish fulfillment that see the scenes in that film there's the showdown at the end but I think the the scene in the military base uh, with the helicopter is one of my favorites and I can remember seeing a trailer for that and and it was we were still going to the, we go to the cinema with our parents still when we can and I think mum turned to me and said well you're gonna love that <laughs> and it was just obviously all the um, Charlie making explosion noises but that was a brilliant film uh, Transformers and obviously there was some of the misogyny and the stuff with the use of Megan Fox and you could point fingers at it but it was a great action film the first, and then the first one's a, a solid film and then all the rest of them all the yeah. rest of them just just like fell apart like wet bits of cake <laughs> <laughs> There we have it. I mean, I think we we did talk about, say, in the Rock episode, saying it probably the Rock is his best film, maybe, yeah. maybe because of cast, casting and script. You yeah. know, it it is that right balance, and and obviously action visuals. Do you think the Ferrari in the Rock was Michael Bay's? Uh, oh, good question. Could, maybe he was. Going Let us up know, fat fans, because he's going from a Porsche. Yeah. Then he got a Ferrari. Didn't like the yellow. Oh, the yellow one got destroyed in the rock. Yeah, that's what I'd like to think. Um, well, apparently, so his uh, the Ferrari didn't get damaged in any of that freeway stunt sequences. Mm-hmm. But the only damage it got was when, uh, and it's on the DVD. There's a, an outtake where Martin Lawrence gets out the car and hits it off a bollard by accident. Oh, and they, funnily enough, Martin Lawrence is always in character. They. Uh, they've included that as a joke in the Bad Boys for Life trailer. That's oh. how it opens with the camera swooping around and Martin Lawrence dings the car. Okay. So it's, uh, it's obviously... It's a nod. It's, it's a nod. Hey. Yeah. But bizarrely, 
Bad Boys for Life is not directed by Michael Bay. Maybe that's weird. Maybe he's too busy. Maybe he's he feels like he. But Bad Boys. I mean, this is going to be so effectively seventeen years between. So eight years between Bad Boys One and Bad Boys Two, and seventeen years since Bad Boys uh, Two and Bad Boys for Life. So Long time. And somebody's been getting larger. Somebody's, <laughs> and it's not Will Smith. <laughs> um, yes. Um, there are some well, things that uh, CGI just can't hide. Apologies, it does feel like we're taking a lot of pot shots at, at Martin Lawrence. But yeah, he's, he's kind of an easy, easy target. I think your friend Lath's going to have a lot to say with you. He's he, a big he fan. was a huge Ma- Martin Lawrence yeah. fan. So yeah, there's obviously um, Will Smith as his career. You know, it has he's a star. He's no, no, star. no, but it's been up and down. You know, he's had he a, has come back recently. He's had a few flops. Yeah, but yes, he is. He's he's obviously back. He was in uh, Aladdin as and did a good job as the genie in Aladdin. He's been creeping back in because he did that. He did a that film. Uh, what was it called with Margot Robbie? Focus. Yeah, I haven't I seen he, that. I think he did try to do a few serious films. He did a film called Concussion, which is about uh, Con- uh, concussion <laughs> after American football. Yeah, he, he kind of flip flops between doing. I want to be taken seriously. I want to be. T- I'm still chasing that ruddy Oscar. Yeah, because obviously he was nominated for Ali. I think. And there was a point in his career where he said publicly, "I'm going to go back and focus on my music." And then he did it for a while and said, I'm going to go back and focus on my films. So I, yeah. I miss the days of when he did a, a hit song for every film he did. Wiki Wiki Wow Wow West. Men in Black, Wiki Wiki Wow Wow West. Yeah. I think, though, he, he was kind of sort of approaching that with, uh, with Aladdin. I think he does a team up with DJ Khaled. Okay, well, I do like the music in both of these films, and I think it was a question I had was, did he have anything? To, I, I, I'm pretty sure he had a, something to do. He will have had something to do. He's been involved in music since well, since did, Fresh Prince. Well, so. he did make a, a, a song about Miami. How does it go? <laughs> I'm going to Miami. I think we'll drop it in. I say there's quite a, a gap between the films. Apparently, um, Joe Carnahan was was uh, attached to it. He's the guy that did, we've talked about him before, he did NARC, he did The 80s, he's done Smoking Aces so he's a good action director those are all good films but he's due to scheduling conflicts he's, he's gone on and moved on so yeah it's, it's some new directors um, I, I don't have them to hand but I've never we were looking at them before and they've I haven't I haven't heard of these directors before so they're obviously up and coming who, who knows they could be the next Michael Bay's yeah and if you've been hearing some noise in the corridor it's because we've got somebody trying to get in it's only Jeff and Celine George oh hello your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. It's time for coulda, woulda, shoulda. So coulda, woulda, shoulda is where we, well, George mainly, uh, informs us of the actors who were considered for the roles. Now, I'm guessing this film took a while to come to the screen, so I'm guessing there's probably one or two. So, yeah, we've already talked about the fact that Dana Carvey and John Lovitz were were originally cast in the roles. However, close to the time, so bizarrely, I think Martin Lawrence was cast before Will Smith. But before Will Smith was cast, the role of Mike Lowry was uh, destined for Arsino Hall. And Arsino Hall is... Semi from Coming to America, his um, Eddie Murphy's mate from uh, um, Coming to America. So he was obviously big in America. He had his own show. But yeah, Michael Bay saw Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and was was like, I think Will Smith would be great for this. So, you know, a lot of it is down to Michael Bay. But apparently Martin Lawrence said in an interview recently that apparently uh, Lawrence Fishburne turned down the role of Mike Lowry as well. That would have been interesting. So he would have probably been Larry Fishburne back then. Will he have done the King of New York? No, this was that was eighties King of New York, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety, or maybe late eighties. So, what would have uh, Lawrence Fishburne been doing then? It was around a sort of time of Fled. Yeah, obviously a few. Such ago. a great test. He probably would have gone. No, so he did turn it down. Yeah, he yeah, I can it. understand why. A very brief coulda, woulda, shoulda for Bad Boys Two. I can't work out if if this is actually real or not, but I read it on the internet. Um, Apparently, for Bad Boys 2, in an earlier version of the script, there was a part for English singer and actor, local legend, Jimmy Nail. What? 
<laughs> I know. I've got what the fuck on, on my nose. Oh, so with this uh, time of what bad boys too? Crocodile shoes? What? No, no. Cro- oh, that was uh, <laughs> could have been a bad guy. That was nineties. Maybe, maybe. Could see, definitely see Jimmy Nail as a bad guy. Yes, yes, definitely. So some yeah. people would say he is a bad guy. I mean, I think that's just cruel. I mean, I think I, I, I in terms of coulda woulda, I think they should have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that does that bring us neatly to suspicious spin-offs? Yes, yes, completely. Have you got anything? Because I, I haven't, so I'm going to think on the fly. Uh, I haven't really prepared for this, to be completely honest, either. But I think what would be fun is what would you like to see in Bad Boys for Life? Uh, well, I, It's just an I, idea because neither of us have Well, really I'm thinking prepared. I'd like to see more of Joey Pants. Yeah, well, he's in it. I'm guessing he, he, he is in it. He's still um, got hair. Maybe, uh, maybe they're taking it, it, away his hair. That was the other thing. His the wig he has in Bad Boys Two is terrible. Yeah, it is. It is. It keeps changing. It, um, it keeps changing. It. Our friends on uh, James Bonding, his his, his wig, his wig doll would be going nuts because that that four four is it four line four yeah. that that it's all it's over the place. It's a hairline. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 hot. It's sweaty, and that hair that hair Ooh. be moving. I th- yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one because it, is it is it going to be moving into lethal weapon territory of I think it is that we're, more we're characters. T- no, no, we're we're getting too old for this shit. So yeah. you know, especially Martin Lawrence. We- <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting too getting too. I'm growing too much for this yeah. shit. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure of the plot of Bad Boys Three. What is it like to see more of? Obviously, those two are the heart of it. You know, it's I've noticed that they between Bad Boys One and Bad Boys Two they have interchangeable rival detectives. It's completely different actors in the second yeah. one it's sort of like oh we'll just put in some yeah some more sort of um hispanic stereotypes in there for me it's the true the true the trio really it's martin lawrence will smith and joey pants and everything else can be phoned in no i think in terms of what i'd like to see in uh the new film is less rotating camera yeah uh but it's not michael based so that's probably gonna be a good thing um yeah, i'd like i'd like what, to no. see a bit more detective work yes. rather than just you know Rather being told to go and ch- go and find someone and then getting shot at and having a car chase I would like because there's more of that in Lethal Weapon there's yeah. even more I noticed that when we were watching Die Hard because it's Christmas watching Die Hard there's, there's even detective work in Die Hard yeah you know he is actually doing his job for at least 10 seconds in the film he knows how to spot a fake ID yeah so it would be it would be good to see a bit more detective-y stuff um, yes rather than them I say just causing chaos blow. but we do want crash crash bang bang explosions oh yeah I, I want to see it and we'll probably go and see it in 4DX exactly prepare for the ride so that was Bad Boys 1 and 2 um, yeah I, th- I think you know I say uh, we'll, we'll probably get some you know negative people the people will probably put you know Bad Boys 2 on a pedestal but um, you know I say that there are things that we really like in it but compared to Bad Boys 1 it is a lot a, a bit of a bloated mess well you know you've got to swap positions sometimes I am very much that guy who's like I'm sorry but this sequel's better than the original and this time I'm just doing what everyone else does and say I'm sorry but you can't be the original yeah next time we're going to be coming back with another film we have we decided what it is yet George well I think we were going to stay in 1995 and do Pounding Techno Mortal Kombat <gasps> oh my god because the Sonic, we're finally getting a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. After after demanding one for years. I like no, I like the tie-in, and I do love a bit of uh, more combat. Mortal Kombat. Release techno music. Uh, so yeah, I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.